Shalom, 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 family. This is your boy Ezekiel Ben Israel coming back at you from Nation Not Desire. Did you know that the elites have put together a diabolical plan to depopulate the earth and that no one on this planet is excluded from this movement? It's true. One of its key players is, that's right, your very own computer guru, Bill Gates. The plan itself is called Agenda 21. Now you may be asking yourself, what can I do about this? This man is very wealthy and powerful. That's true. He is. But do you also know that you have powers as well? Powers untapped until now. The powers that I'm speaking of are wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Proverbs 1 and 5 says this, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. This is where Nation Our Desire comes into play. We want to keep you on the path of life through our teachings. We help you, you help us with your finances, your prayers, and your encouragement. You can become a patron at Patreon by typing in Ezekiel Ben Israel and submit your questions to nationnowdesire at gmail.com. Listen, family, I've taken up enough of your time. Let's get to the message. Shalom, Israel. This is your host, Zephaniah. And uh, today we're going to be doing something new. We're going to be doing something different. This is not going to be a message like we usually bring. Today I'm going to be telling a story. A story about Jonah. So without further ado, let us get started. Jonah, chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amazon, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. And Nineveh, just so you all know, for, you know, just a little tip of information, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria. We can find that out in Genesis 10, 11, where it says, Out of that land went forth Asher, and builded Nineveh, and the city Rehoboth and Kala. So those were other cities he built, but Nineveh was the capital. You don't believe me, you can look it up yourself. Let's continue. Verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And if we know the Lord, we know how ridiculous this is. You can't run from the Lord's presence. He's everywhere. It says that in Proverbs 15.3. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. And they said, every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. 
So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation, and whence comest thou? What is thy country, and of what people art thou? And I just want to point something out here. You'll notice when the lots fell on Jonah, that... He, well, you'll notice when they told him, Wake up, call upon your God. You'll notice that Jonah did, because he knew. The moment when he woke up and he saw the storm, he knew who this is from. He knew he couldn't flee from the Lord, and he wanted to try, but he knew he wasn't going to be able to flee. So when he saw the storm, he knew who it was. He wasn't, gonna, he wasn't even going to bother calling upon the Lord, because he knew this is his punishment. And he's getting found out here. He, he's trying to, he knows, but he's trying to hide it. But then the lots fell upon him, and he, you know, Slowly closing in on whose fault this is. And we'll see what he says here. And he said unto them, verse 9, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Now this is this is something interesting here. Remember that these mariners are all men of other nations. They're not from the nation of Israel, which is the reason why verse 10 is very, very interesting. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So when he was talking, he told them that he fled from the Lord. What's important here is that they, they were exceedingly afraid. They were exceedingly afraid because they knew who this was, the God that he served. He knew, they knew that this isn't a God that you want to mess around with, that you want to disobey. And these are men from other nations. They don't serve this God. But they knew that you don't, you don't mess with, it, with Israel's God. They knew that. I'm going to read something from Exodus 15, 16 of Acts of Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord. Till thy people pass over, which thou hast purchased. So it says, fear and dread shall fall upon them. These are people of other nations. They don't really know this God. They don't serve Him. But they know to fear Him and His mighty power. Exodus says it there. And that's the reason why in Jonah 1 and 10, they were afraid. They were exceedingly afraid, it says. And they ask Him, why hast thou done this? Because they know you don't disobey Him. When He asks you to do something, you do it. They know this. But Jonah, he thought he could get away with it. We're saying, we're saying what that got him. Verse 11. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. But they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Now they were just asking Jonah, what can they do so they'll stop? He tells them what they, what they can do, but they don't do it. Why is that? We're about to see. Verse 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. 
for thou, O Lord, hast done as it, as it pleased thee. So that's why, that's why they didn't want to do it. Because they know how the Lord feels about the murder of an innocent life. And even though they don't serve him, they don't want to disobey any of his commandments. They're trying their best not to. That's the reason why they didn't want to throw Jonah overboard at first. Because they felt like they'd be murdering him. But, you know, they tried and it wasn't the Lord's will they could see, so they're about to do it. Anyway, uh, I got a scripture here in Numbers 35 and 30. Gotta back that up. Let's read that. Numbers 35 and 30. Whoso killeth any person, the murderer shall be put to death by the mouth of witnesses. But one witness shall not testify against any person to cause him to die. So they know, they know about this. Whoso killeth any person, the murderer shall be put to death. They know about this. They know about what the Lord said here. Even though they don't serve him. They know about what he said there. And they were trying to obey that. That's why they didn't want to throw John overboard. Because they felt like they'd be murdering him. But when, the, when they couldn't, they realized that was the Lord's will that they did. So they did. As we'll see here. Verse 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. See, and the Lord, gave, they, the Lord even gave him a sign right there. Once Jonah was in the water, the sea, it calmed itself. That was their sign right there. And they, they noticed it too, as we see here. Verse 16. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. And something interesting to know here, notice how the Lord used this situation for his glory. Jonah disobeyed him and went against his command actually tried to run from the Lord, which is futile. But he tries to run from the Lord and the Lord still managed to use this situation for his glory. When they tossed Jonah into the sea and the sea immediately ceased, which doesn't happen naturally. The sea immediately ceased. It says the men... The men feared the Lord exceedingly. They offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and they made vows, they made promises unto Him. Because of, you know, what they saw, it was so supernatural. And so the Lord got glory from them, from those men of other nations. The Lord, He can have all of it is for His glory, of course. The question is, are we going to be a proverb, or are we going to be an instrument for the Lord to bring glory to him. Jonah was a proverb to them, sadly. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, something interesting to note here in verse 17. It says, the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. It doesn't say that the fish was a whale. Which is, you know, what... A lot of people say it could have been a whale, or it could have been anything. We don't know. It could have been a special fish that we don't know about. A giant special fish that the Lord had prepared for this kingdom. We don't know. But it doesn't say for certain it's a whale. So, you know, just want to get that out there. Jonah, chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. 
Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about, the weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Jonah, chapter 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. What's interesting to note here is that in verse 3, it says, Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. It doesn't mean that it takes three days to get there. This is really amazing. So, here it comes. What it means is, is the city of Nineveh is so wide that it takes three days to get from one end of the city to the other end. That's what it means. That's how big uh, Nineveh was. That's why it says in verse 3, Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city. It means it, it, was, it was big. It was a big city that takes three days to get from one side of Nineveh to the other side. That's how big it is. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now this is something interesting to know that I caught here in verse 4. It says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. So Jonah only went one day into Nineveh. That's, that's symbolic. That shows you, that's showing you his spirit, how he feels about this. He can go all the way into the heart of the city. He only went one day and preach and preach, you know, what the Lord told him to preach. This shows that, Nineveh, that Jonah, even though, you know, he went to go deliver the message like the Lord said, Jonah did, still didn't want to do it. He had a begrudging spirit. He, he had a, you know, he still was trying to kind of defy the Lord. So he only went a, a day's journey in, preached the message, and, as we'll see here, verse 5. So the people of Nineveh believed God, and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. Now, as, from what we can get here in verse 5, you know, besides what it says about how the people of Nineveh believed, it shows that Jonah didn't even really put that much effort into preaching. He just said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Then he left. That's all he said. He, he wasn't really giving it his all here. Because he, he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want these people to be forgiven. He doesn't want the Lord to not bring the destruction. Jonah hates them. We don't really know why. And who knows? They could have done something to him in the past, you know. He had, for some reason, he has a serious grudge against Nineveh. And the people of that country. He just hates them. He hates them with an utter passion. He wants them to be destroyed. And that's the reason why he didn't want to do this. 
But, you know, he found out the hard way that he is going to do what the Lord wants him to do, whether he likes it or not. So he wants to do it, but then he tries to be slick and he tries to he tries to get out of it another way. He tries to be lazy about it. He only wanted days, days journey ends in it. He didn't put a lot of effort into preaching the message. He only said the bare minimum of what he had to say. And then he just, you know, that that was it for him. He called it a day. But the Lord is the Lord is still going to, you know, the Lord's gonna get his glory out of this. And we know what the worst is. The Lord's word goes into the world and it, it doesn't come back void. It's gonna accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. We we see that. Let's read verse 5 again. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast. Put on sackcloth from the grace of them, even to the least of them. Now, some may be wondering, how can that be? When Jonah didn't even really put that much effort into it. It was, it, it, you know, didn't even really put that much effort into the message he was bringing. That's because it wasn't about Jonah. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. The Lord, when you're bringing a message that the Lord wants you to bring, there's power behind it. Now, the way you bring it, can affect it somewhat, but it's still going to be, a, it's still going to have a certain amount of power behind it because it's what the Lord desires. It has the Lord's will on it. So it is going to be a strong message and it is going to accomplish what the Lord wants it to accomplish, regardless of how the messenger feels about it. And we see that here. Verse 6. For word came unto the king of Nineveh. See? see? See how the Lord is? See how the Lord, he, his word goes into the world and doesn't come back void? Even though Jonah didn't go all the way into Nineveh to get to the king and preach, word still got to him anyway. Jonah didn't want that to happen, but it happened anyway because it was the Lord's will. You can't fight the Lord's will. Verse 6. For word came unto the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man, nor beast, herd, nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed, nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Now just a little interesting to note, sackcloth is, do a little research on it, you, everyone can do a little bit more, you know, in the spare time. Sackcloth is a rough cloth. It's a cloth that isn't, isn't comfortable to wear. Have you ever had, have you ever wore clothes that, you know, just kind of grab you and are kind of scratchy on you? Well, that's what sackcloth is, all around. Full, you know, full shirt that's scratchy and rough. So, when people wore that, it was a sign to the Lord that they were serious about what they were, you know, sorrowful for. Verse 8. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent? Turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not. And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Jonah, chapter 4. 
But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Now Jonah has been a bit hypocritical here. How can he say that, you know, he, he, he doesn't like it how the Lord is so merciful? You know, he, it, it, it irks him because certain people he feels like doesn't deserve it. How can he say that when he's the exact same way? He may not have done what the people of Nineveh did, but we were all born into sin when we came into the world. And yet, he, wa he wanted the Lord to forgive him. But he doesn't want the Lord to do that for, you know, for other people that he feels don't de doesn't deserve it. When the Lord feels that we all don't deserve it. And yet he wants the Lord to do it, he wants the Lord, the Lord to do it one time, but not the other time. That's not how the Lord works. And Jonah's being very hypocritical here. Verse 4. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city, and sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth, and sat under it in the shadow, till he might see what would become of the city. See, and here he's also being hypocritical. Jonah knows what the Lord said, that he's not going to bring the destruction because they, they repented for what they had did. Jonah knows that, but he's still going to go outside and sit there and hope that maybe the Lord will change his mind. That's being hypocritical as well because he wouldn't want the Lord doing that to him. The Lord saying that, you know, he forgives him of his sin. But then later on, the Lord changed his mind, decides he's going to destroy him anyway for what he's done. Jonah wouldn't want that happening in him, but he wants it to happen in Nineveh. See, this is showing us where, what his heart, where his heart is, what his heart is like. And the Lord, the Lord is revealing it too. He's about to bring a test, and he's going to reveal Jonah's heart for what it really is. Verse 6. And the Lord God prepared a gourd, and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shadow over his head, to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gore. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gore that it withered. And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted, and wished in himself to die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. So, verse 8, it's telling us, and when it said it beat upon the head of Jonah, it means that it was really hot, supernaturally hot. And if, you know, somebody may live in a hot country and say it's hot there, this is hot. The Lord brought a supernatural heat upon Jonah. That's so much so that Jonah wished he was, he was dead. That's how hot it was. Verse 9, and God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gore? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gore, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest thee grow, which came up in a night, and perish in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, 
wherein are more than six score thousand persons and cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. So the Lord just revealed Jonah's heart there. He revealed Jonah's heart for what it really was. Jonah, Jonah's being a hypocrite. He wanted the Lord to be one way for him, but not the other way for, you know, people or things that Jonah felt like didn't deserve it. But that's not the right type of heart to have in Israel. We should have a heart like the Lord's. That's why he said, let this mind be in you, as it also was in Christ. He wants us to have a heart like his, where we may not always understand why the Lord wants to do things certain ways, but we have faith in him and we trust him. We, and so we bring the message or we do his will with all of our heart, regardless of whether or not we understand it, because we trust the Lord. We trust his character. We know who he is and what and what he's about because we read about him in his word. That's where that's what Jonah didn't understand. That's what Jonah, that's what his heart wasn't like. Jonah wanted the Lord to be one way for people or things that he felt deserved it, but then he wanted the Lord to be another way for people or things that he felt didn't deserve it. And one other thing to note in verse 11, the Lord had mercy on the cattle. The Lord noted that there was cattle, there was animals in that city. So we see the Lord does value the lives of animals as well. It's an interesting thing to note. Lord, the Lord, you know, he was going to destroy the city if they didn't repent. But the Lord was also wary that there were animals lies in there who hadn't done anything wrong. It was the people in it that did things wrong. So the Lord considered that as well. So, I hope you got a lot of good stuff out of this story, Israel. The story of Jonah and him going to Nineveh to fulfill the Lord's will, but in a grudging way. I hope you got a lot out of this, Israel, because there was a lot to learn in this story. It was only four chapters long and only about 40 plus verses. There was a lot of good stuff in here, such as the fact that we shouldn't do things that the Lord wants us to do with a grudging heart. Just because we don't like what the Lord is doing or we don't understand it, we should still do, that, do what the Lord wants us to do with all of our heart, with a joyful heart because we trust him. We don't know what he's doing, but we know him. We know what he's like. He's a righteous and loving father that always is looking out for our best interests. So regardless of whether we understand what he's trying to do or not, we should trust him. We should trust in that. So we want to bid you a shalom Israel, and we'll see you next episode.